Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Breaking Health Podcast. This is Tom Salemi, and I'm here with my pal, Steve Krupa. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Hey, Tom. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. So we're going to talk about reputations today, reputation.com yeah. in particular. How is, how is my reputation, Steve? What do you hear? I, that's a, I was going to ask you the very same question. How is your reputation? Does anybody write bad things about you online? Uh, you know, once, not online, back in my newspaper days uh, when I uh, worked at a local paper, I remember getting a comment card from a reader, and the, the card explicitly said, delivery was prompt, uh, everything else was a paper, the paper was great, except for Tom Salemi. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and I held that. Well, that one still is up in, 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 my, in a box somewhere. I had to keep that one. That was a, that was a treasure. But it's an interesting world, right? I mean, you, you know, people have sort of like free reign to sort of post whatever they want. The president does it. Everybody does it, right? So, um, and it's, it's, an, it's obviously a question in healthcare. I mean, we, we go online, we do our Google searches, we do what we do, and along the way, uh, we'll read a comment, and that, that comment has an enormous amount of potential to influence our perspective of, of anything, whether it be a, a product, a service, an individual, a political question, all that stuff. And yeah, you know, sifting through that for accuracy and, and reliability is, is, a, is a tough shore, tough shore. And we're going to talk today, you're going to talk today with Trey Batia, the CEO of Reputation.com. And, and this, is a, this is something that physicians obviously have been aware of but need to become more aware of their, their online presence. And uh, Reputation sort of helps them manage that. Can you get a bit into the conversation? Well, yeah. First of all, uh, this whole notion that, that physicians should be, quote, you know, consumer-centric or customers. How about that word for a word, customers? Any doctor ever called you his customer? Um, is pretty is a pretty good idea, and if it takes the internet to sort of have that sort of come to full to full fruition, you know, I'm kind of all for it, right? Because there there is sort of a, a very high variability in terms of the personal attention you get from physicians, and the ones that we like the best, right? are the ones that are giving you good personal attention. Does that mean they're the best doctor? I don't know. It just means you like them more, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to go to them. So if we, get a, if we can narrow that variability to where the best doctors are also friendly, okay, and so we can begin to sort of think about our relationship with the physician as, as a customer, as a given, that would be great. The Internet is, is helping with that. However, if you're a doctor and you're making that transition, you've got to be aware of the fact that Somebody could write something bad about you, and you've then got to look at look at how your online presence is perceived, and you've got to come up with a way to to change it. You got to come up with a plan to change it because it is going to influence, at the end of the day, uh, the choices that potential patients make, and that's what reputation.com is doing across multiple verticals. Much of our discussion in this in this conversation focused on healthcare, which is a vertical I think they're just you know, not just getting into, but beginning to see as a growth market for them. And, and they raise a, a large round from, uh, from some healthcare investors, including Heritage. And, and it's, it's an interesting metric upon which to measure a doctor. I mean, you really should be looking at outcomes. How many people do they get better? How many people do they help? But that information is so hard to track and, and, and collect and, and for a consumer to analyze. 
that uh, reputations and, and comments from on Yelp and, and the like might uh, might have to fill that void. Yeah, yeah, it does, and, and it does. There's a little anecdote in the in the interview which I won't give give uh, you know in here, but I, I, you definitely can see it happen. And and uh, so this is an issue. My guess is it's a nice growth growth business for them, and it's it's something for us all to consider. Terrific. Well, let's uh, get into this conversation with Shrey Bhatia, the CEO of Reputation.com. Welcome to the Breaking Health podcast. I'm here with Shrey Bhatia, CEO of Reputation.com. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Steve. It's uh, it's good to have you on. We, we not not always do we have companies that have been so. How long has it been around for so long? So how long has the company Reputation? dot com been in business now is it 10 years yeah a little over 10 years now and and interestingly we started as a consumer focused organization helping individuals monitor and manage their reputation and about halfway through the business world came to us and said hey in case you hadn't realized you know we very much care about our reputation as well <laughs> and and as, as we got into it we realize that there's just a huge market opportunity on the enterprise side sure. to help businesses manage their reputation. And since then, we have been exclusively focused on the enterprise space. Interesting. We had um, Owen Tripp on, who's the CEO of Grand Rounds out there, who was a, an alumni, I think, of uh, Reputation.com. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, and that was, that, you know, so he, he sort of brought that up as, a, as an introduction. So he's been, he's been on the podcast as well. Um, before we sort of jump into the company, um, tell me about your background. You know, you're, you're obviously, you have a business, we're going to talk about mostly about the healthcare vertical, but tell me about your background. How did they, how did they, uh, find you or how did you find the company and what was it about the company that made you want to run it? Yeah, it, it, it's very simple, right? Once they, um, realize there's a huge opportunity in the, in the enterprise space, they kind of called me in and said, Hey, Shrey, look, you're a, you're a sales and, and product guy. You've done enterprise your entire life. And most of my background was in the security, storage, and enterprise software space. But I had spent several years with, with GE, and at GE, they train you to look for three things and, and only three things when you're evaluating a business, right? <laughs> and, and one is you look for ocean-sized markets. And I looked at reputation, and I said, gosh, every company's got one. And they're certainly going to care about it as reputation moves online. And so check that box. You look for high growth markets, and, and it's just an exploding market in terms of demand and growth. And then you look for great people. And I saw some great people in the company that we could build a, a um, strong entity on top of. And, and so I jumped in with both feet. It was an exciting opportunity for me. And just just so that the listeners can understand, what so reputation.com, the name kind of speaks for itself in some ways, but, but give us just a little overview of the problem that you are solving for enterprises. And I guess you were, you were doing this as a, as a founding principle for individuals. What, what is the problem that, that you, you seek to solve? Yeah, it's, it's very straightforward, right? If you, if you think back you know, 5,000 years ago when trading was going on on the, on the Silk Road, businesses cared about their reputation. And nothing has changed over the past 5,000 years. They still care about their reputation. The big difference is, historically, reputation has been conveyed by word of mouth. What's happening now is, with this huge advent of big data, so much data is online that people can glean your reputation based on a pool of online data. And as 
that online world continues to grow, businesses are faced with having to monitor and manage their reputation online. The challenge is if you're a business like Kaiser and you've got 21,000 physicians, if you've got to monitor and manage the reputation of those physicians across 20 different sites on the internet, that's 420,000 points of presence you've got to manage. Right. And you can't do that on a spreadsheet or on a notebook. You need an enterprise software platform to do that. And, and so that's what we do. We go in and we help companies that have multiple locations monitor and manage all aspects of their reputation online to make sure that, that the online world reflects their true body of work. And is, is that, is, is when you're monitoring their, their reputation, are you, are you thinking, you know, obviously you're dealing with unsolicited commentary online that might be about the company either in positive or in the negative direction. And obviously, you, you know, positive stuff's cool, right? Negative stuff, not so yep. much. So are you, you, you've built automation that allows you to sort of find where there's potentially some negative um, statements being made, and then, and then what do you do about it exactly? Or, or am I off base in terms of my understanding? No, I, I think you're, you're on base. The, the way it works is, say you're a company and you've got a 1,000 physicians. Each of these physicians could get a few reviews every week, and you've got the ability through our platform to monitor that and bring that in on a timely basis and then take action. The thing that people look for most online is not just what people say, but how that business responds to what people say. And so in a timely fashion, we will make that feedback known internally to the organization. They can then respond to it directly through our platform. And then those responses are posted online and consumers get to see how an organization engages with its existing customers and, and good things that are said about that organization, as well as challenges that organization has. And, and what businesses all know and consumers know is no business is perfect. And so they're keen to see how you deal with imperfect situations and, and how you remedy consumer issues. And so our platform brings all of that visibility to them, gives them the ability to respond to it in a timely, inefficient manner. So as part of this, are you... Uh have you done research into what the effect of sort of a negative online rating is to businesses or is that something that you're able to measure? Yeah. You know, we, we've done a lot of measurement. We've got a big data science team that measures that every day across the 77 verticals in which we play and across the board, the story is the same and it's been validated by third party research and others. I think in fact, Recently, Harvard Business Review published a study that says a difference of one star can be can impact the business to the tune of almost nine percent um, in in top line impact. Hmm. So, so I mean that's common sense when you and I think about that. You know, are you going to go to the restaurant that's a three point three or a four point three? Probably the four point three. And so every day we're making decisions that impact the top line of these businesses. And that's true for the restaurant space. It's true for the healthcare space. It's true for the automotive space. It's true across nearly every industry that we see in the marketplace. Interesting. So um, I, I'll tell you a funny story. So, so I was at a physician in a primary care clinic, multi-physician primary care clinic. And I think I was leaving. I was on my way out. I was sort of waiting to sort of pay my, my copay or whatever it was. And I was sitting there. And there was a woman, and she was really upset. She was like, 
I'm trying to get an appointment with a doctor. No, no doctor will see me. It's very important. See, and the, the woman at the desk said, well, I do have availability for Dr. So-and-so. And she looks at her and says, my God, I cannot see him. Have you seen his Yelp ratings? <laughs> That's right. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, "Oh my God, what's going on here? What what is going? This poor doctor has got bad Yelp ratings. What is he going to do about it?" And um, and it was interesting. It was sort of the first time that I'd actually sort of seen it in sort of almost like a hysterical context that she was not going to go see that doctor, even though it was the only one available. Interesting, right? Yeah, and I, and I tell you, a lot of people say it's just the younger kids, it's the millennials no. that are that are reliant on this online ecosystem, and that's really not the case. We're seeing this across every age group where once you get sufficient volume out there, people actually trust what's being said on the Internet. You give them enough data points, and, and people buy into where there's smoke, there's fire. And so it's really important for organizations to not ignore that feedback and, and take that in, react to it, and make sure that, that their body of work is represented online. And if you think you're a world-class physician, but your Yelp rating or your Google rating says that you're not, well, the market perception is that you're not. And, and so that's not good for business. So give me some sense of where people are getting, you know, for a couple, couple questions, so, so let's, because I'm sure you know all this stuff. So where is the most prominent source for for ratings and are are there inherent biases in sites in other words are sites predominantly more positive or predominantly more negative than other sites is is that information you you guys know yeah it's it's interesting that you say that and and you know we can look at data objectively across all our verticals and we can tell you that we'll tell you two things one is that sites like google and facebook tend to skew more positive than sites like Yelp. But that's actually not a, not a big deal because the important thing is spread. And so on Google, the average physician ranges between a 3-4 and a 4-4. That's okay. As long as you've got spread there, people can look at that and say, okay, I like the 4-4 better than the 3-4 for a variety of, of reasons. Yelp, for a variety of reasons, tend to skew, tends to skew more negative, and, and so the Yelp range is lower, but it's still a range. And, and I think the important thing is not where you are in absolute terms. It's just the relative range of the, of the scale where these physicians fall, and, and as long as consumers see a spread there, that gives them enough information to make a decision on who they want to see, who they don't want to see. So is it so, – so, for example, if I were – doctor so-and-so there's there is there a consistency of the ratings across the sites so or am i just going to be i'm going to be a couple i'm going to be a half a star less on yelp because of the inherent bias on google or yelp or do you do you see it as sort of random how does it sort of work from from your perspective yeah you know it's it's once you get sufficient volume they all tend to be consistent (laughs) if you're a good physician it shows if you're not a good physician, it, it shows. Or if you're just not doing a good job at things that consumers care about, like bedside manner and things like that, that, that you may not care about because you don't think it's core to the, to the treatment or the success of the treatment, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show. I think the biggest thing we're seeing is physicians are waking up and, and saying, hey, look, historically, I just cared about the outcome. Right? That's what I'm trained to do. I'm trained to provide world-class care and deal with your ailments 
And I think what consumers are saying is, yeah, we certainly care about that, but we also care about these 10 other things. And if you don't care about them or you're not going to focus on them, we're going to make that information known. And so you're starting to see physicians now having to be more balanced in their approach and dealing with care-related issues as well as other issues. You know, we were working with a large health system, and they were completely frustrated that people were complaining in their waiting rooms about water. There was a lack of water, and it just looked <laughs> terrible online. It was a huge hospital, and they didn't provide water to people sitting in the, in the waiting room. And they were frustrated because they invested a lot of money in water machines and all of that. But as they dug into the reviews, what they found was they went to the, to the administrator who was sitting there, and, and they asked her, why are people complaining about water? And what they found is when the water bottle was finished, she couldn't lift this 40-pound jug of water to, to replace it. <laughs> and so the water would get used up by 11 a.m., and then the rest of the day, people would just suffer. And so it triggered a simple change in their operations to address that issue. And, and so it's a great example of how healthcare organizations are using that data to just get better in areas that relate to care and other areas that are important to consumers. How do you, um, how are you able to judge authenticity when you look at these ratings or can you tell if they're rigged or if there's yeah, a vendetta we've, we've got, that somebody's got against somebody? Yeah. You know, in the, in the old days you used to have uh, folks who would write in high volumes of reviews or automated systems that would generate fake reviews. A lot of that is, is, has been taken out of the system now. The systems are very sophisticated in terms of looking at source IP addresses, understanding volume based on a reviewer's history, understanding how long those email accounts have been opened from which they are reviewing, understanding word patterns, doing natural language processing to assess the authenticity of, of the review, looking at grammatical patterns to, to see if there is a recurring pattern or repeat posting of, of a, a specific set of words or phrases. And so it's become very sophisticated. Almost every review you see online today is authentic. The ones that are not authentic are quickly weeded out of the system and those folks have their accounts shut down relatively quickly. And so the online world has gotten much better in terms of authenticity of reviews. Hey everyone, Tom here. Just want to take a quick break to uh, tell you that one of the great panels we'll be having at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit on November 30th in Boston is called Innovation in the Insurance Market. Are we going far enough? The largest and maybe the most ironic roadblock to reducing healthcare costs is the very system we use to pay physicians and hospitals. So then this panel will have leaders from Bright Health, Humana, and Oscar talking about reforms of the payer system and uh, how, how are they doing so far? How are the new insurance models working? And where do we go from here? So hopefully you'll join us on November 30th in Boston. Go to healthag.com. That's the word health, followed by letters egy.com, and sign up to attend the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit. Now back to this conversation. So, so let's dig in a little bit. So, if I was are, are in in the healthcare space, are you seeing most of your business coming from physicians? I noticed that you've, you've been using that as a use case example, or is it also coming from you know health insurance companies? you know, rehabilitation clinics, hospital systems, and so forth. Where, where are you seeing most of the action these days? Yeah, we're seeing it across the entire spectrum. But I tell you what's, what's on the, the cutting edge. For example, urgent care, right? That's a huge area where you're having new companies go in 
and try and disintermediate these established players that have been there for 100 years, right? Their value proposition mm -hmm. is, look, we're going to make it much more convenient. We're going to get you in and out. We're going to take care of your ailment. And they compete aggressively online. And so when folks have an issue, you go online and you know you can always go to the ER, but can you go somewhere else? And these urgent care clinics do a great job of making sure their reputation looks good. And that gives them placement above these traditional facilities and it drives foot traffic and it drives consumer traffic. And, and if they do a good job, it then drives repeat traffic. And, and so you're seeing these traditional hospitals saying, wow, we're getting our clock cleaned by these newcomers and they're having to jump in and make sure that they're doing a good job of conveying their reputation online. And so there are certain areas where it's, it's cutting edge and, and they've been managing their reputation for some years now. And then the more traditional areas are starting to catch up now because they're getting hurt by some of these new players. So when, when, um, when you, when you onboard a client or you start working with an urgent care center or, a, or a physician group or whatever, and you begin to, what, what, what is the process? How is it, how does it work when they, when they work with you? Do you first go and, and do the, do the research and determine what the online mess, what the message is that's being produced online. Is that, is that the first step? Yeah. The, the first step is we, we basically aggregate this uh, body of truth, if you will, all the information about that provider from their NPI number to their credentials, to their academic background, all of that information. And then we put all of that into our system. We, we basically suck in, all the reviews that are out there from various partnerships we've got with many of the large players in the space like Google and Facebook and others. And we show that to them in a, in a portal that gives them visibility into what's being said. And then every day as new information is posted out there, we expose that to them. We give them the ability to respond to that um, and, and make sure that, that consumers see not only what the other consumers are saying, but what the business is saying in, in response. The other thing we do is business listings is a big part of um, success in the healthcare world. You know, people need to know when you're open. They need to know your address. They need to know what you specialize in. They want to see photos of your facility. And so we do a lot of work helping our customers make sure that all of that information is up to date and current and, and of proper size and scope and spec and make sure that that's listed across all of these business listing sites. So when you go to your Google Maps and you type in a doctor's name and, and you click on directions, it actually takes you to the right office. And so there's a lot of work we do in terms of data collection and then a lot of work in terms of data amplification onto the internet. And so, and so when your customers see this information, so let's assume for a minute that, that they they think it's inaccurate. Let's say it's not truly representing them, that there's, that there's been some, there's been, you know, in their view, a misunderstanding. How, how do you help them resolve that, right? So, the, you know, obviously if the information is awesome, they're just happy and they'll continue to monitor it and make sure it doesn't go off track. But I would imagine the most value is, is created when you actually uh, find information for your customers that they weren't expecting. Is that, is that fair? Is that true? Yeah, I mean, the, the big thing that we find is when, the, when there is a disconnect, when the Internet says something about you that you don't feel is accurate or doesn't paint a proper picture, 
the issue is usually in the form of volume, right? There may be six people who've said something about you and, and five out of the six are negative. And if you're a doctor, you're kind of saying to yourself, look, am I really, you know, 85% bad and 15% good? And the reality is, is no. But you haven't done a good job of getting your happy customers to go out there and say something about you. We call that the silent majority. These are folks who expect to have a good experience. They have a good experience and they move on with their lives. They don't go out and say anything. And we do a good job of working with our customers to make sure that they are requesting feedback from their customers. Now, you can't offer anything in exchange and you can't, there's no gamesmanship that we tolerate, but it's very reasonable to go out there and say, hey, thanks for taking the time to visit us. Let us know what you thought of your experience here. And, and we've got systems in place that connect into their EHR systems and then go reach out to customers and say, please give us some feedback. And when you can increase the volume, you start to paint an accurate picture of what that provider is all about. Now, that picture is not always a good picture. There are providers out there who have deep issues in the area of bedside manner or overbooking of appointments or things like that, and that becomes known, and then they've got to address it. But there are also providers out there who do a great job and just don't have enough volume, and by getting additional volume, you correct those issues. It's an interesting question. I think I like my doctor, right? I'm not sure <laughs> what I would say if I was pressed. Because it's a it's a it's kind of a a, a rapid fire um, experience, right? You go see a doctor, particularly a primary care doctor, and it it is you know ten fifteen minute experience if you're lucky today. Unless unless yeah. there's there's something wrong with you, and then you sort of you know you leave, and you're sort of like, I guess that was okay, you know. I guess I got out of that experience. Yeah. What are you finding? Are you finding people? want to write thing, good things about their doctors? Are they frustrated with the healthcare system and the things that they write? Um, and what are the sort of attributes of physicians that seem to stand out amongst their peers? What, what, what do people want from their doctors? A couple of questions there for you. Sorry. I, I, I'm gonna, let, me, let me see if I can give you three more questions to answer at the same time. Sorry about that. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're good questions, right? And I think you're right. The more complicated the procedure, the more complex the treatment, the more you're going to get from the customer, right? If you're going in for a 15-minute, you know, physical, then it's, it's quite limited. So what we do is we work with our customers, and if we know it's a simple procedure, then maybe we don't ask them a single open-ended question. What we do is we send them a five-question survey, which says, hey, did you have to wait long to get in? You know, were you seen promptly? Was the, the you know, um, uh, the, the lab who drew the blood, were they backed up or did they handle you on time? And so we ask them questions that kind of lead them um, to give us specific feedback um, through that process. And so that helps them open up a little bit. And where it's more complex, we, we, we leave it more open-ended and they can provide feedback. And you'd be shocked as to the feedback you provide. People get frustrated over things that don't even relate to the care. They happen long before you even enter a facility. They are frustrated if parking lots are full. They are fr frustrated if signage isn't clear. They are frustrated if elevators are slow. They are frustrated if, if wait times are too long. It's, it's amazing the things people point out that a lot of these facilities would like to take action on, but they just need to, to get that information in some structured format to be able to act on it. So we learn a ton about the overall experience. I'd say half of what we learn 
um, happens kind of in orbit around that core care provider, and the other half relates to the actual care. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, just a couple more questions because I find this very interesting. So how quick is the feedback loop? So you get some, some information, you know, your, your example, the water cooler, or maybe you find out that people feel you're overbooking, which they probably are, and that the waits are too long and the visits are too short. And so you give this feedback to the physician, obviously then to get genuine feedback uh, of improvement, they've got to actually make a business change. They've got to have a business process improvement change in their practice or in their methodology of treating patients to to see a, a change in the way they're being perceived how how quickly do you, are you able to get that um and then and then obviously present it to people so that when they're coming for the review they those those issues become mitigated yeah i, I tell you this is the part that's been most exciting for me i i thought because healthcare is a little bit slower, a little bit um, uh, more regulated, a little bit more traditional. I thought they would be slower in responding. Not at all. Our healthcare customers are very aggressive in responding. They love getting the root cause of an issue. Mm. And then they have tremendous resource that they bring to bear to fix those issues. It can be parking lots and signage and wait times and quality of the chair and water cooler and nurses' demeanor, and a variety of different things, I am shocked as to how quickly, once they understand an issue, they get after fixing that issue. And, and, and it's been impressive to see how um, quickly they do it and how effective it's been. In fact, our systems even tell them, look, for this period of time, this was an issue. And over this more recent period of time, that issue has gone away. And, and nothing makes them kind of more excited to see issues get solved. So in, in sort of the, in the universe of, um, of you know, we can do healthcare or other industries, but let's just stay with healthcare for a second. How, how concerned do you think the professionals and, and, and organizations in healthcare are to this issue? How much attention are they paying to these issues, to, to these ratings and, and things? Are they really, are they really uh, sensitive to it at this point, or is there is their awareness just beginning? Yeah, Steve, if you and I were talking 24 months ago, I'd tell you healthcare on a, on a 1 to 10 scale was at a 2. <laughs> um, today, healthcare is is sitting at a, I think, a healthy 6 out of, out of 10. Now, automotive, sitting at a 9.5 out of 10. Sure. Retail, sitting at a 9.5 out of 10, right? So, so a lot of industries are... Um, they have got religion around this. They understand it impacts top line, and they're very aggressively focused on this. Healthcare is moving quickly um, up that spectrum, and and I think they'll be in another 12 to 24 months. They'll be at an eight plus. So they realize it's important. Big organizations around the country are taking aggressive action in this area. It's one of the reasons the space is growing so quickly and moving so quickly. So I, I actually feel good about uh, the healthcare industry. It's it's doing what it should be doing. It's uh, it's common for a lot of these companies to sort of survey their customers, sort of come up with a net promoter score kind of number, right? Which I guess yep. is more of a – it's certainly not a leading indicator, probably a lagging indis- indicator. Have you, have you ever compared um, what sort of online uh, ra- ratings um, – and how they and what they are and how they sort of correlate to net promoter scores. Is there any correlation um, to that type of data? Is one more effective at, at sort of understanding the consumer 
perception of a business versus the other? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, right? And what I tell you is when your online data is sparse, the correlation is not very good. When your online data is rich in terms of volume and feedback, it actually correlates fairly well. The nice thing is it's, it's not one or the other. They complement each other very nicely, right? The NPS is a quick way to figure out how you're doing. The, uh, the analysis of the online data gives you deep operating insight into what you need to fix, right? Which you typically don't get from the NPS type surveys. And so what a lot of healthcare organizations are doing now is there's a convergence. They're saying, wow, this online information is so rich. Can you combine that with my traditional survey information and apply that same data science to both pools of data and make it very easy for me to glean what's working well, what's not, what I need to fix, and, and how quickly I need to fix it. Are, are you doing any work on the on the human resources side of this question? Like, what's it like to work at a company? Yeah, we've got a lot of partnerships with review sites where consumers leave feedback. And, you know, there are some healthcare organizations that have come to us and said, hey, can you give us that same visibility into these sites where our employees leave feedback uh, about us? And so we've done that. So we expose some of those sites in our platform that helps healthcare organizations actually get insight into what their employees are saying. And, and you'd be surprised how open employees are in terms of providing feedback and saying, hey, I wish we did this better or this would make it a better experience for our patients. And, and so we've got healthcare organizations that are learning a lot from their employee feedback as well. And, and also in terms of whether it's a good place to work and sort of the culture, and et cetera. Is that, is that, yeah. is that? Yeah. And, and it's interesting. There's a, there's a correlation between how happy your customers are and how happy your employees are, right? <laughs> and healthcare organizations are learning that. And, and so it's good. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, yeah, I think that's true for every business. Happy customer, happy for employee, sure. generally speaking. Uh, well, very good. I, I really think this is cool. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, are becoming more aware of the fact that uh, this online uh, ratings rating system is starting to affect business, and I, and I think it's very interesting what you're doing. Are there resources? So, sort of the last question is, um, reputation.com. Obviously, we know where the website is. Um, are you guys tweeting out there? Facebook? Are there blog posts, research papers? Where where can people find more information about the the science and the services that you offer. Yeah, they can they can certainly go to the website and from there they can they can see our blog, they can see our, our social media posts. And I'd really encourage them to go look at some of our chief marketing officer, chief executive officer white papers that are out there. They do a really good job in 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 just a few pages of conveying some of the important trends that are taking place in the in the healthcare space. And they're quick, easy, elegant reads. Um, but it gives you a good sense of what's going on in some, in terms of some of this cutting edge technology. Well, very good. Trey, Trey, nice to meet you. I really appreciate your time and, and, and thank you for joining us today. Steve, as always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. And that is a wrap. Steve Krupa, another great job. Trey Bacha, thank you for joining us and for, uh, enhancing the Breaking Health Podcast's reputation. And of course, thank you, Breaking Health Podcast listeners for joining us on this ride. Please do us a few favors. If you would, shoot me an email. Let me know what we should be doing better. My email is tom at healthogy.com. The word health followed by letters egy.com. You can give us a ranking on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the podcast on. And finally, tell your friends. 
about the Breaking Health Podcast. We'd love to have them listening. Once again, the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit is happening on November 30th in Boston. If you go to healthedge.com, you can sign up. The agenda will be up very shortly. It's a, it's a fantastic day, and we certainly look forward to seeing you there. Once again, the event has sold out the last two years and likely will again, so we uh, suggest you sign up sooner rather than later. Have a great day, everyone. Tune in next week for another tale of innovation on the Breaking Health Podcast.